So I'm going to talk to you about a paper that we've got under review at the moment, which is about looking at the impact of the disruption of the pandemic on people at different stages in their careers. I'm going to try to keep this not too technical and hopefully encourage a bit of discussion um, soon. Just want to, to remind you or really highlight the cost of the pandemic so far, even though we're often now like we're all here without masks or a few people in the main room with masks. Many people are thinking, well, you know, the pandemic is pretty much over. But in terms of the costs associated with it, no, for sure. And maybe, you know, otherwise as well. We know we're having another wave in London. Uh, sure, deaths are down and so on. But there are big costs. So the IMF is estimating the total global economic cost to 2024 is probably going to rise beyond $12.5 trillion. Um, the WHO estimates that, that the cost in terms of lives lost, those both directly and indirectly from COVID, is now about 14.9 million around the world. And then there's a psychological cost as well. Uh, so there's a group called the, of, of academics called the COVID-19 Mental Disorders Collaborators. And uh, they have estimated that uh, an additional 53 million cases of major depressive disorder and 76 million anxiety disorder cases um, have resulted because of the pandemic. And those are like major cases. This is, you know, beyond even maybe some of the loneliness that um, lots of other people experienced during the, uh, the pandemic. Um, and this has all happened against a backdrop where we already are incurring huge mental health costs. So from 2011 to 2030, uh, the World Economic Forum is estimating uh, in some work by Broome that um, we're going to lose $16 trillion in economic output, you know, owing to, to mental health costs. Uh, so this uh, issue of mental health is very significant around the world. And uh, we're going to see uh, some of what's happened during the pandemic carrying forward in the workplace. So we're going, we are still, you know, here at the university, still continuing to work in a, in a hybrid way, other, not for teaching maybe, but for lots of other things. You know, today we can get together in person, but maybe uh, in other contexts we're using Teams a lot. So it's much more of a hybrid situation. Some people are still working remotely online uh, all the time. Um, and, you know, some, some companies have said they're going to, you know, offload office space and so on in central London. So the issues of loneliness, the issues of, you know, major psychiatric disorders are uh, going to continue very likely. So my colleagues and I decided to look at uh, the impact on people at work at different career stages against this kind of backdrop. 
And we've used uh, this model, um, which is called the Job Demands Resources Model, uh, which is very well known in the occupational psychology, human resource management literature. Uh, Demaruti is uh, the scholar um, who kind of set set this model model um, in motion um, over 20 years ago, and um, it's been widely used. And I've, I've presented here what it looks like just to give you an idea. So up here we have the demands. So uh, mental demands of work, emotional demands, physical demands. So having to work long hours, we can think about in the pandemic having to work even longer hours. So increased demand in terms of hours. Um, maybe some of the not seeing colleagues uh, might have resulted in, in higher emotional demands um, in the workplace. So. Uh, many things can be considered as demands, but that's what we mean by job demands, those kind of issues. And, and then on the uh, resources side, things like support, support from colleagues, from the institution generally, um, you know, from friends outside, um, autonomy in the workplace, getting feedback. Uh, these are the, the kinds of main areas that have been considered. Uh, so those are our job resources, and they're generally two processes, uh, a positive one around motivation, um, which results in, in positive organizational outcomes, and then a negative one around strain or stress, um, uh, which can result in negative ones, sort of disengagement, exhaustion, lower job satisfaction, and so on. Uh, and so we focus very, very much on, on looking at, you know, this this kind of strain area or stress area with the increase in job demands that many of us faced during the pandemic. So having to, you know, if you're from Kingston, of course, you'll know we spent lots of extra time preparing, uh, learning how to teach online, having to shift our materials to be suitable to work online, resulting in in uh, more hours uh, so uh, that's one aspect of it of course there's the emotional mental side uh, physical you know maybe we were having to adapt working at home working in uncomfortable spaces uh, you know figuring out what background to use while while teaching you know all the stress of people coming into the room while you're teaching cats, dogs, children, you know, combination of mental and physical uh, going on there. Um, yeah, so that's just to, to tell you a little bit about the model um, and then uh, the fact that we wanted to, to look at how in the face of all of the disruption we faced during the pandemic, uh, individuals at different career stages coped. Um, so, um, what we did was come up with three research questions. So we wanted to understand how, uh, you know, to what extent individuals' job resources were able to counteract this perceived disruption that you know, many, many people had. 
um, not just in universities, but more generally at work. Um, and then we wanted to understand how this perception varied across uh, life and career stages, and then uh, look at the outcomes, specifically stress, sort of an intermediate outcome, and then exhaustion, disengagement, and job satisfaction, how they varied over time by career stages. So, um, but here the, the measures we use, so for resources, we're looking at two of the main ones that have been studied in the literature, so received organizational support and job autonomy. So there's a lot of work around POS um, and, and some around job autonomy, maybe not quite as much, but they're two of the main ones that have been studied in the resources area. Demands, we developed our own measure of disruptions, looking asking people how, um, how much they perceived disruption to their work, family, and personal routines. And then uh, we used um, an objective measure, uh, an external index, uh, which was uh, the Oxford COVID-19 government response tracker. Uh, to um, account for uh, the extent of restrictions of the time that people responded to the survey. And then in terms of those outcomes, those organizational outcomes, well-being outcomes, we looked at stress, disengagement, exhaustion, and satisfaction. Uh, and then uh, tell you a little bit about what we did. It was a, a three-way online survey study. So we did that uh, uh, surveying at two-week intervals during April or May in 2020. Uh, we managed to uh, get 421 people to agree to participate initially, and then for the two follow-up uh, surveys, uh, we had 176 agree. And, and here we find how many people actually provided us with useful questionnaires. So we started off with 327, and then we have smaller groups down below. We did check to see if there were any differences in terms of the dropout, uh, you know, what kind of people dropped out versus those who stayed in uh, the project. Uh, those who dropped out tended to be um, exhibiting higher stress in terms of their responses the first time around. So we assume that they dropped out. We don't know for sure, but they dropped out because they were, you know, even more stressed than the other people who carried on. And um, there are two main kind of controls that I wanted to mention. Age, you know, we use age as a continuous variable in our analysis, and then we also um, identified five life and career stages, early developing, consolidating, late, and pre-retirement. Um, those are, we have more career stages than are found in the literature where it's usually three or four, but that's going back a couple of decades now and work has changed a lot. People are um, living with their parents longer initially, maybe, you know, the early stage is a little bit different and people are retiring later. So we have used five. Uh, and then we used uh, longitudinal 
linear mixed methods in SPSS. Um, and we also included some nonlinear work. Um, this was actually as a result of what the um, reviewers asked us to do. Um, and so uh, we had to, in fact, add a third author in order to be able to undertake this, this non-linear work in our, um, didn't re actually change our results, but it, it helped to justify them better, hopefully. Um, we have yet to hear back on, on that round the, the reviews. So please don't ask me too much Anyway, in terms of results, um, what we discovered was that all people were uh, experiencing disruption. Not really a surprise, but we wanted to establish that. But um, compared with the average level of disruption, people who were experienced felt they were experiencing higher levels of disruption, also experienced greater stress, increased disengagement, lower job satisfaction over time. And those changing restrictions, that kind of objective measure that we use contributed to disengagement, increasing disengagement. Uh, so definitely people felt the disruption and it was having an, an effect on outcomes. And then we looked at job resources to see if they could counteract in some way uh, or to some extent this disruption. Um, what we found was that if you had job autonomy or perceived job autonomy, uh, yes, exhaustion and disengagement over the early stages was decreased. This is an interesting result here, sort of perceived organizational support. Usually it's seen as a good thing. If you have support from your organization, you're, you're going to be more engaged in work. Um, and actually, we found it didn't mitigate against the, the increase in disengagement across the sample. Um, we have some ideas around what that might be about. Um, it might be about further intensification of work, like possibly the organizational support was um, perceived as, you know, more demands on us rather than more support or was becoming annoying to people. You know, there were attempts to try and support it and they might have been seen as, you know, like, just go away and leave me alone. I, I don't need to hear from you anymore. Um, so, and I don't know whether that resonates with anyone here, but I, I might say I, I could see that that's a possibility. Uh, in terms of my experience here. Um, so there were certainly differences across individuals, as you would expect, um, but there were distinct patterns by uh, life and career stages. Um, and um, the extent to which individuals can cope definitely seems to be related to the extent of, of the resources they have at different stages in their careers. So the most significant effects were seen for people in the early and developing career stages. 
seems to fit with some of the other research that's done on mental health, like not focusing on the workplace so much, but more generally that that group of people was more affected. Um, they tend to have fewer job resources. Like when you think about when you go into an organization, you don't have the contacts within and beyond, you know, you're still developing uh, all of those. And one thing that's very important for early stage and developing stage um, uh, stages, those two stages, career stages, is the um, social and networking resources in order to develop your career. And with everyone at, you know, off-site working remotely, of course, you couldn't do that in the same way. Couldn't get visibility, couldn't drop in on people in the same way. So that might be why they felt uh, quite um, disengaged. They're more inclined to be disengaged. So that was the, the main um, finding there. Uh, some of the literature suggests normally people get exhausted first and then disengaged. Uh, and here, that didn't seem to be the case. So there's some work looking at the, the order of these stages, and this seems to contribute to that um, literature. Consolidating stage, these people have already have some resources, and they are um, uh, they had quite a stable experience. So they felt disruption, they felt exhaustion and disengagement, but it didn't tend to go up over the, the period that we studied. And those in the late and pre-retirement stages, they were pretty similar, uh, except that uh, the late career stage did see some decline, you know, increasing exhaustion and disengagement uh, relative to the other group. But, but they were at much lower levels than the first three groups. And, and the pre-retirement group, maybe not surprisingly, was quite resilient, perhaps knowing that you know didn't really matter because they're leaving quite soon. So that was really clear. So implications: we're we're advocating for much more tailored support, not a kind of one size fits all. We're likely to face more pandemics in future, other kinds of shocks uh, in terms of careers as well. So early and developing focus on disengagement and finding ways to maximize engagement itself, consolidating, um, encourage people to actually use their resources to support themselves um, so they don't become exhausted. Late stage, um, encourage more conservation of resources, and then pre-retirement, they're pretty, pretty resilient, but of course, you know, we don't want to overlook them either. Anyway, that is it. Um, Maybe you have questions. I tried to speed through it.